With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. If you don't bring your own spoon to your ice cream place, what are you doing? And welcome to the No Dumps Podcast on the Athletic Network. It's Sunday. Yes, Sunday morning, July 18th. I'm J.E. Skeeth, rolling with the homie, Tass Mellis. What's up, everybody? What's up, Tass? Got my Top Shot hot boy. He's got his F1 cap on. Ready for the race today. Trey Kirby. Oh, Trey Kirby, I am not hearing <laughs> you because you're <laughs> muted. Okay, there. now I'm unmuted. Sorry, <laughs> I was getting very excited. Yeah. Ayo. Ayo. Max Verstappen mm. just went into the wall. Uh-oh. Mm. Whoa. Oh. Yeah. Breaking news yeah. from yeah. Silverstone. Wow. Wow. Okay. First lap. Wow. 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 Oh. I'm muted. And apparently today Max Verstappen is muted. I don't know what's going on here. Mm. We got a yellow flag. But he's all right. He's all right. It's not a it's not a silver stone wall, is it? Or is it like <laughs> Oh, I don't know. They're getting out a, a thing for Hamilton too. They're getting him a new front wing. Uh-oh. He doesn't have a front of his car right now. Crazy stuff is going down. Oh. That's why I was muted. Sorry. It's all right. Got the international man of mystery. Taking it to the max, still looking mad sweaty from Legoland. <laughs> Lee Ellis. Friends. Yeah, it's actually not too bad. It's finally cooled off a little down here in uh, Billund in uh, Denmark. So uh, I'm a little I'm a little moist still, but I'm not yeah. just dripping all over myself like I was earlier in the week. Okay. <laughs> and uh, finally making the magic happen. <laughs> it's JD. Hello. There he is. Here we are. What a start. Shout out to the stream team for joining us live right now on YouTube here on the weekend. Everybody take a second. Smash that like button. All right, just do it. I'll pause. All right, keep sending in your questions and comments for the next Beach Steppin' podcast. Email them in, nodunksattheathletic.com. We're going to be hitting the beach tomorrow. Yes, Monday morning, so you got a little bit of time here to get your uh, fantastic questions and comments in. So email them, tweet them in, leave them in the YouTube comments below. And finally, go grab your No Dunks merch over at nodunks.com. Okay. Let's get into Game 5 of the NBA Finals. We're going to talk Lillard a little bit. We'll talk Team USA a little bit as well. But the Bucks edge the Suns 123-119. Another awesome game task to take the 3-2 lead in the NBA Finals. Where do you want to start? Do we start at the end? <sighs> well, I think the only way they get to the end is with Drew Holiday playing the way he was. I mean, this was a real... Bucks team performance. I mean, if you pick the Bucks before the series started, you're probably thinking that Drew Holiday and Chris Middleton carry over what they did without Giannis at the end of the Eastern Conference Final. But we didn't see all three of those guys work together like this until Game Five. This this mm-hmm. was easily their best game altogether. Giannis 32, Chris Middleton 29, and Drew Holiday 27. Took till Game Five. We know LeBron likes feel out Game Ones. Up 3-2 now after trailing 2-0. It's like Giannis is a super LeBron. I mean, this is, this, is a, this is another version of LeBron. Maybe LeBron sitting courtside actually helped Giannis and not Chris Paul. Well, I don't know what that means. But anyways, he was sitting courtside. <laughs> um, like, uh, this, this was 
this the first quarter there when Drew went out because he had two fouls just five minutes in. It looked so bleak, but I think you got to give Budenholzer a little bit of credit because uh, he came back and with three minutes left in the quarter, he could have kept him on the bench for longer. But Drew Holiday was the guy who helped them in the in the second quarter. Yanis went to the bench, and after the Suns had their big lead, they got it all back with Yanis on the bench. Uh, they, they beat the Suns by 14 points there, and uh, Holiday was monstrous. He had 14 in that second quarter, so give Bud some credit. We don't do that a lot, and, and I think if we go to the end, I don't think uh, Drew Holiday makes that pass to Yanis if he doesn't have such a good game for the first, mm. you know, 3.9 right. quarters. Like, he's just not feeling as good. On the defensive end, he still gets that rip no matter what. He's been great through five games. But, you know, we talk about Chris Middleton, the, the Ferris wheel. I mean, Drew Holiday, if he's a ride at the the local fair, he's like that vertical thing that's like 10, 10 cages wide that just goes straight up and straight down. I mean, he's great <laughs> sometimes, but he's not. This is, this is his second great game offensively of the series, 2-5. and five. And everybody wondered, could this guy be the third star that Yanis needed? And sometimes he absolutely isn't, but that's why he's not a number one guy. He comes through at times, and he was, he's been so good on the defensive end. So, yeah. so good. And uh, to pot, yeah, 27, and then, and then drop that pass to Yanis, who now has an incredible finals highlight reel. He's got, obviously, the block in Game 4, and now this huge, huge dunk. Uh, they came through with a bunch of performances, while the Suns, even though you know people look at Devin Booker's back-to-back 40, which were incredible, and say, you should have played Devin more. He was plus 12 in his minutes. I think you, you needed more from Booker's teammates, so you needed Chris Paul to get those guys going, and those that didn't absolutely didn't happen. And Chris Paul it was a step behind Drew Holiday and Chris Middleton. Although his stat line looks good, he wasn't... Uh, superstar-like enough. If, if those three are playing the way they are in Middleton, Drew, and Yanis, you need somebody to play like a star. And, uh, you know, as, as decent as Chris was, even though the Suns shoot ridiculous percentages, they shot like almost 70% from three, 55% from the floor, uh, you, you needed a little more uh, star power. You needed Chris Paul to have one of those 30-point games back at home, and it didn't happen. Yeah, the Bucks' big three, TK. Fifth trio in NBA Finals history to record 25 points on 50% shooting in the same game. Uh, last one to do it, James Worthy, Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, and Magic Johnson in <laughs> 85 with those percentages wow. and hitting 25-plus. But, you know, you had talked a lot about Drew Holiday, TK, um, how he needs to step up. He needs to be big, and it would sure help that it would happen on the same night where Chris and, and Giannis continue to play well, and that's what happened here in Game 5. I mean... The points were big, especially keeping them in it there in the first half, in that second quarter especially, which I know we'll get into probably in more detail. But then 13 assists, including that one, uh, (laughs) chucking it up to the rafters, only where Giannis can go get it. Uh, Ballsy move. A lot of people are dribbling out the clock there. And and, and probably, you know what, they always score in transition. It's their best opportunity for a basket. And you're not great at the free throw line, as we've all seen, so uh, hell of a call. But yeah, Drew Holiday coming through for you there in Game 5. That was incredible. Uh, the signature big three game for the Bucks, no doubt about right. it. Uh, everybody did exactly like why the Bucks have them there in the first place. Giannis was Giannis. The guy is in another stratosphere right now. This is an all-time finals performance we're seeing. And everybody thought his season was over two weeks ago. It's still wild to imagine that Giannis is making these plays off of his injured leg. Right. Like the block was off of his left leg. The dunk last night was off of his left leg. That's awesome to see. Chris Middleton, uh, <laughs> very funny stuff with regards to Chris Middleton on the Ferris wheel. Started off rocky, 
Something went wrong down at the control station and we got stuck at the top there. One for seven in the first quarter. I think he went, what, 11 for 16 the rest of the way. And Drew Holiday, I've said he's a two-way player, but you don't always see both sides on both in a game. Last night, he was all over the place, offensively and defensively. Even that missed free throw right at the end where, uh, you know, I think it's after the dunk, right? And Giannis goes to the line to shoot one more free throw. It's basically Drew Holiday who gets the tip, and he starts that playoff almost at half court. Like, Devin Booker's the guy who's supposed to be blocking him out uh, on the free throw line or at the three-point line, I guess. Giannis shoots the thing, and he gets in. It's a terrible miss, so bad that it was good for the Bucks. But Drew Holiday was right there to get his hand on it, to outwork Booker, to tip it up, and to keep that possession for the Bucks. They went and iced it at the line, and the game was over. He was just... Uh, he was in his bag. He was in his bag offensively and defensively and in a hustle play way. Um, you know, if you're going to wait until game five of a pivotal NBA finals game to get the absolute best performance from Drew Holiday, that's awesome, right? Yeah. Like, that's the ultimate slow play right there. I mean, I was calling him Drew Bledsoe in the Nets series. I was calling him Drew Bledsoe in the Hawks series. He's been Drew Bledsoe sometimes in this series. But last night, he was Drew Holiday, and it was great to see. Yeah, so far in the postseason, Lee, the Bucks are seven and one when Drew scores over twenty, and then they're you know a pedestrian eight and six when he doesn't. Sort of average when he doesn't, but when he comes through with at least twenty or more, they tend to win. He's a hell of a bellwether. But what do you think about the steal and open in this game entirely? Just uh, a remarkable play to get that steal clean off Devin Booker too. He just—I know a few Suns fans are saying, "Oh, he got you know raked across the arm." He didn't. It was a clean steal. But then how many players legit in NBA history could you throw that lob to outside of Giannis? There's not a ton, really. No. because And Giannis stress, addressed that in the uh, post game. He said, if he misses that pass, it's all on Drew. It's yeah. like, bad pass. What are you doing? You should have gone in to try to score or get the foul, hold on to the ball, whatever. But Giannis goes up. And he also had to deal with Chris Paul basically shoving him uh, in a very dangerous way, too. I mean, you know, again, if he goes down after a player like that when he's in midair, who knows what could have happened to Giannis, but he's just such a, a freak of nature that he was able to get up and did the big flex and went crazy there. But, you know, this was all to say the Bucks had this game fairly comfortably too, I would say, for most of that second half. And then they got a little bit sloppy. The Sun started to execute. Chris Paul started to execute for them in that last quarter, uh, to, you know, right down to the end. And it could have been, this would have been an absolutely devastating loss, I think, for the, uh, for the Bucks if they had fallen out down here because they were in control and then they got a bit nervous and Giannis couldn't hit his free throws and Monty Williams iced him as well. And everyone was talking trash to Giannis. And he also said after the game, I love it. He loves it. <laughs> so, I mean, in, in terms of, you know, a, a character performance from, from the Bucks and from their leader in Giannis, uh, this was just a, an incredible victory. That first quarter, the Bucks have only won one first quarter in the series and they lost that game. It was in game two. If they start a game well, they could almost, you know, run away with this thing uh, very quickly, but they couldn't. And it felt, this felt like, you know what? The Bucks, they're going to be down by 20 at halftime. They just felt they were playing badly. That ball was not moving around, and everyone from Phoenix seemed to be scoring. So for them to actually show that resilience and lead by halftime, which was incredible that they got rid of all of that deficit from the first quarter, you just you could just sort of feel that Milwaukee was in control, and they had to close it out to give themselves this chance now to win the series. They got two chances to win it, obviously the biggest one on Tuesday night at home in front of their fans. But, uh, I mean, again, we, the, the, these games... The last 90 seconds or so of these last two games, 
I think these will be sort of remembered forever and talked about forever because of just the incredible highlight plays, the clutch defense, first Giannis in game four and now Drew Holiday in game mm. five. Uh, and then, yeah, that alley-oop. I mean, I, like, it's funny when you're watching the game live and you're like, oh, Drew, my God, oh, what an incredible pass that was and what a finish from Giannis because I was like, that's a bad pass, Drew. But Giannis got it. And it was yeah. like, for him to for him to even still to dunk that. And when you see those slow-mos, he's almost like, in half he's almost mm-hmm. like completely well he's in screaming half. from the yeah, other end of the floor too this is not yeah. an oop where he is standing under the rim no he is sprinting like yeah. full-on sprint from one end to the other and yeah. then still executing it yeah. lucky you grabbed that rim lucky you grabbed that yeah. rim or else chris yeah. paul would have tossed him into the first row it would have felt yeah. a little yeah. bit like beverly tossing chris paul at the end of last series like that was just a frustration uh we're done going to push you as hard as I possibly can to get my hands yeah. on your crotch area because he was like, you know, 14 feet above the rim there. <laughs> uh, but that would have ended real badly if Giannis yeah. couldn't. Ha- yeah. He would have landed on his injured leg, something. But uh, yeah, luckily yeah. he grabbed that rim. But I think, Tass, you made a good point. If Drew Holiday wasn't playing, hadn't been playing as well as he'd been playing throughout that game, I don't think he makes that pass. Right. I think he's instead, he's like, okay, I'm going to let them foul me uh, and go to the free throw line. But he had the juice. He had it flowing. He was talking to his dad after game four, and his dad was like, you know, forget about it. That was a bad one. You're the best player in the world. <laughs> I mean, he wasn't the best player in the world last night, but my God, <laughs> he was uh, he was pretty close to it because, you know, him and Chris Middleton playing at that level, because Giannis obviously had a great game, but it was those other two that really made it so tough, I think, for Phoenix because they're like, oh, my God, Drew's killing us. Chris Middleton's killing us. Giannis is doing what he does. And Pat Connaughton had 14 points yeah. on four threes. Again, when he had four four threes in game two, it was like that was th- that was all the uh, support they had last night. It's like now Pat Connaughton's also killing us. So, just a, an incredible victory from Milwaukee. So uh, so impressive for for hanging in there, you know, for coming back from that big deficit and then hanging on to close out the game. Yeah, I'm glad you brought up Middleton because yeah, it's it's a it's a fun ride on the Ferris wheel right now. It was a little weird. Uh, I still think it was it's still perfect sort of. It's come down a little bit. You know, it wasn't the crazy game four performance, but clutch shots or crucial shots, I guess we can call them in game five again. He hit that and one jumper on Crowder with about three minutes to go. Suns had sort of been chipping away here and making it a game. He hits that, and then a minute later he hits the step back three over Mikhail Bridges. That puts the Bucks up eight again, gives him a little more breathing room. He obviously scored the final point of the game uh, on the free throw. He didn't miss one of them, but he got the one that really mattered to uh, ice it with about 10 seconds to go after the offensive rebound off the Giannis missed free throw. But yeah, I mean, he is fantastic. I saw Andy Bailey, I think it was uh, Bleacher Report. Middleton has 14 points in the clutch. And for those that don't know, that's the final five minutes of fourth quarters and overtimes that are within five points. Like that's the definition of these clutch points. He's got 14 Every other player in the finals has a combined 13. <laughs> so, like, Middleton is just, like, hitting, of course, timely, timely buckets uh, over the last couple of games here in these wins. And and it was it, he's been awesome to us. I mean, and again, with the Bucks' big three and then Pat Connington hitting, uh, you know, the four threes and Bobby, you know, playing well. It was really the second quarter. Suns came out, lights out. Like, they were having an incredible first quarter. Giannis goes to the bench at the start of the second like he does. But it was Drew. It was Pat. It was Bobby. Brooke. Chris Middleton, like they all, they suddenly couldn't miss a shot. And that, and they were like, it felt like in the blink of an eye, they were down 16 or 15, whatever the hell it was. And it was like tied like that to ask, like, cause it was, it was like by the, I don't know, seven minute mark of the second quarter. 
Yeah, Yanis keeps believing in his teammates. He keeps be, uh, being a great facilitator he has all season. And, yeah, that paid paid off when those guys came out and Yanis was on the bench and they win by 14 points in those minutes. You just think that when, you know, and the, his, and the story has been when those guys uh, haven't produced this playoffs that they lose those minutes when Yanis on the bench. And mm-hmm. so maybe Yanis got to play 48. That has been a discussion. But, you know, to win his minutes by double digits last night, uh, just just shows so that this team it just you may, they might start the game slowly. That's that's what what they do. I don't know. Giannis is like a LeBron light. I mean, he just he starts series slowly. He starts yeah, like his team starts games slowly. Uh, but then yeah, they come on firing and uh, you know going into that second half and into the fourth quarter. It's like this this team was almost unstoppable. If you can give it to Chris and then you can give it to Drew, who looks like a totally different player, who looks. You know, so confident out there when he's got it going on, and then and then Chris can do it, and then Giannis can do it. How could they stop him there late? Uh, they they couldn't, even though they won that four. The Suns won that fourth quarter. It, it did seem like, you know, especially because it's a road game. If you're up six, eight, uh, ten points in a road game like that, you're kicking ass, and they did. And it, it came down to yeah, some free throw shots because Giannis is definitely tired. He didn't have to take a tinkle like he did in game <laughs> uh, number four, but he was gassed. I mean, he was walking up the floor. Multiple times, Van Gundy said it multiple times on the broadcast. He looked tired. He's sort of taking plays off, letting the other guys do it. But, yeah, he put that confidence, and he still instilled that confidence. And uh, year over year uh, over year, it hasn't happened. Uh, but now here in year eight, they gave up the whole kit and caboodle for Drew Holiday. And uh, it's obviously paying off. Uh, finally, it, 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 they're up 3-2 here with, with the chance to, to go home and win it. And it just... I know momentum doesn't carry from game to game, but we're seeing the same sort of story here in games three, four, and five. They're bigger, they're stronger, they can board more, uh, they they can defend incredibly well uh, Mm -hmm. and and get get more opportunities and turn guys over. And when they're winning like that on the road, it just feels like there's no real chance for the Suns to to rock it unless – Unless one of those other guys comes through with a big one. It can't just be Booker. I mean, that, that offense is, obviously, it's good enough uh, to, to win a lot of regular season games and a lot of playoff games. But when you're when the other team is rolling like that, I, I, I just couldn't watch Devin Booker go you know, back to the same well over and over and over again. Like, everybody else was just standing there watching. You're getting mm-hmm. three near 30-point per performances from one team, and everybody else just kind of, you know... Well, we'll see. We'll see what we'll see what book does, but it's just it's not a recipe for winning when the other team is rolling like that. As good as book was, he was freaking incredible to go back to back forty points and lose both games. Never happened in a finals, uh, but not everyone was getting involved, right? Am I the, the only one? Totally, thinking? you're nah. totally right. First quarter is what it should be like for the Suns. Booker was great in the first quarter. I think he was five for nine, but there was also a bunch of three pointers. Hit by the rest of the Suns as well. Crowder hit two. Bridges hit one. Craig hit one as well. DeAndre Ayton had a couple inside. Went two for two just on easy plays where the ball was moving. And as the game progresses, sometimes it feels a little bit like Booker's just got to go out there and try and score one-on-one. And it feels like that's what he's trying to do. His playmaking has really dropped off in this series. He had six assists in each game one and game two. Since then, he's been 3-3-3, three, three, and three, basically. I, I might be 3-3-2. Three, three, and two. I'm not looking at the game log right now. But he's got to step his playmaking up. And Chris Paul honestly has to be better. Booker sat for six minutes in the second quarter. And that's basically when the lead went away for Phoenix. And that was Chris Paul is out there. 
And he had a nice game. Like, he ended mm-hmm. up, what, 21 and 11, I think, yeah. right? Yeah, it 9 did 15 not... shooting, hit three threes. Yeah. Yeah, sure, fine. And he was getting hunted on defense in the fourth quarter yeah. to the point that they actually had to hide him eventually. That's not a good look for uh, the Suns. Their backcourt has to be their two pl- best players out there. And right now, Middleton is equating or canceling out what Devin Booker is doing. And Drew Holiday's out playing Chris Paul. I mean, you know, the numbers maybe don't back it up totally in game four, but defensively, Drew Holiday's bringing a lot more to the table than Chris Paul is right now. And especially in game five, offensively, he was there. Chris Paul really needs to take over. Like in that second quarter, he should be the guy getting everybody involved. They shouldn't be a worse offensive team when Chris Paul's running the show. Yeah, what do you think about that, Lee? Yeah, if you looked at the box score of this game, you say DeAndre Ayton had 20 and 10, Chris Paul had 20 and 11, and uh, Devin Booker had 40. The Suns shot 68% from three-point range. They shot 57% from the field. They had eight turnovers. Like, oh, they must have absolutely pounded their opponent. Yeah. But it's just so misleading because that first quarter, the ball was moving around, and Booker talked about it, and Chris Paul talked about it, and Monty even talked about it. And you could see it in that sort of second half as the Bucks sort of, you know, really built that lead and solidified it. It felt like Phoenix didn't trust what had gotten them to this point of the season. And that is that ball movement. Instead, it was kind of like, well, I guess Booker's going to go out there and do it. And he, and he did in the sense that he gave his team 40 points. But it was almost like the Bucks are like, well, if he's going to try to just, you know, do all the scoring, we can kind of roll with that because they're at their best. The Suns a bit like the Bucks when it is. And Bridges had a, you know, great shooting game. He just didn't get enough of the ball really uh, himself. So they weren't sort of running what they have done to get themselves uh, to be such a good team. And so that now is really what the question is going to be for them in game six is, is how do they approach that? Do they say, well, Booker's great. We know he can go out and get us 40. Or instead, is it like we need to get that ball moving around? I mean, I think they finished with 23 assists again, which is not a bad number. It's not like it was only 10 assists. So the ball was moving, but a lot of that was sort of front loaded. I think it was just when they got out to that good start and maybe a bit of complacency crept in. I'm not sure, but they did skeets, as you mentioned there, that lead evaporated oh, very, it very so quick. It was yeah. gone so fast to the and, point where I was like, well, did I miss a couple yeah. of baskets? Like, what the hell happened? Yeah. And, and Giannis as well, you know, he was happy when it's like, they're, they're rolling right now. You know, he wasn't like, get me in, get me in. It was like, the, the team's playing well enough without him. So again, that just shows that he's all about winning. He doesn't He doesn't have to be the one who gets all the headlines and all, and, and all the attention. And uh, that's a great sign for, for the Bucks that their leader just wants to win it's not about you know give me all the stats and all the highlights uh i just want to win the game so this you know <laughs> mike budenholzer he must be i mean if he hasn't got a burner account or two ready to forget to go on twitter then he's going to start them up in the next day <laughs> or so because uh he has copped so much look they played badly against the miami heat and i can't remember i don't think any of us actually picked the heat but a lot of us are like oh i don't even know if they can get past the miami heat Started off badly, ended up really destroying them. Started off awfully against the Brooklyn Nets to the point where they were so close, like within 50 seconds of being down 3-0 in that series. They come out of that. And then the Atlanta Hawks, I mean, that was different that the Hawks got that first victory. I don't think we thought that it was like, you know, the Bucks can't come back, and they did. Obviously, some injuries came into play as well. But now they're in a position as well after those first two games. It's like the Bucks have got to do something very, very quickly to turn this series around. And now they've turned it around so much. I mean, Tass, you've usually got the stat if you win game five. I know it's around 82%, I think, to go on yeah, and win the series. 81%, I think. 21 out of 29 times in the NBA Finals, yeah. the game five winner of a 2-2 series goes on to win it. So yeah. and it's after, pivotal. Yeah, and after so what pivotal. we've seen of these last two games, like, like I, I just feel that Milwaukee understands, uh, like, we, we know how to score on this team, and we know that, you know, it's not just about Giannis having to do it all. 
And a couple of times, you know, where he sort of gets that little run up and he's going downhill and he just does a little zigzag, that's money for him anytime he wants it. So I can't wait for Tuesday night. It's going to be amazing. Well, it's, I, it's incredible. Yeah, well, you're setting it up nicely. I know we'll do our deep dive, our Game 6 preview on Tuesday's podcast in the morning on the show. But, you know, how are you feeling, Tass, as someone who had Bucks and Six? Are they going to incredibly pull this off after losing the first two and 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 some of them in heartbreaking fashion and, and possibly close it out or do we have more basketball we played i mean the toughest thing to do of course is to end the series it's tightly contested between these two teams you know they're, they're both pretty damn good teams they both in game five shot the lights out you know what, what's your gut say is like is it still going seven can the bucks close it out on tuesday night what do you say it feels like the bucks have it they feel super confident when coach bud is rolling out a lineup in the middle of a game that hasn't played one minute together throughout the whole year. They've <laughs> never been on the floor together. The super-duper-sized lineup of Brooke Lopez, Yanis Tetacumpo, P.J. Tucker. Uh, oh, no, who am I missing? Bobby Portis. It was, Portis. Uh, yeah, yeah, it was, it yeah. Was, and Middleton, right? Yeah, Brookie, Porty, Middleton, Tucker, and Yanis. Like, that's a monstrous line. I, I just think that they feel, obviously, super confident. I mean, the ball for the Suns has to be in Chris Paul's hands way more. For them to win, we're talking about a team that has two stars. They're supposed to; those are the guys that have to carry the team. And Chris Paul is playing like just hanging out in the corner uh, for much of this game. And I'm going to bring it up because mm-hmm. it needs to be brought up. I don't know if Chris Paul's 100. percent No one's 100, percent but he's looking at his hand. He's looking at his left hand a lot, and mm-hmm. and he doesn't, you know, shoot with his right hand. He doesn't usually dribble with his right hand, but he is going to the crossover. He's looking at that hand anyway. I, I just think. There's no excuses, but I wonder if it's really bothering him. He's still, like you guys have said, I mean, it was a good stat line, but if he's going to win this series alongside his other star, he has to, he has to carry the, he has to hold the ball. That is Chris Paul's job. I mean, he has to, not only those to get himself off, but to get everybody else involved. It's not Book's thing. Uh, you know, Booker has been better at it, and Trey said, you know, he has dropped off a little bit. But, uh, yeah, if they're going to win game six on the road when the Bucks are, are feeling pretty good, as, as they should, uh, it really has to be more Chris Paul. I mean, I don't I don't I, I we don't we don't we know Mikel Bridges and Jay Crowder uh, or anybody on the branch isn't going to take you to the promised land. It's just not going to happen. Uh, Chris Paul mm-hmm. has to be uh, has to be better. So, yeah, of course, the, the Bucks have to feel super duper good right now. When you go to the steakhouse, you got to get steak. Chris Paul, stop being ketchup, buddy. And I think we need to see 48 minutes from Devin Booker in game six. Uh, can you imagine the takes if it was Mike Budenholzer who rested Giannis for six minutes of the second quarter and the team completely blew the lead? That's what happened for the Suns yeah. last night. That was a major botch job, I thought, by Monty Williams. Uh, just resting Booker there as the offense totally cratered and you lost the huge lead you had just built. That was a tactical mistake. A weird challenge uh, late when the ball was out of bounds. I think Giannis, uh, he stepped on the baseline right after he got bumped. Weird foul call challenge. I mean, they went through the charade of icing Giannis, which did work. But, you know, he's got to get the rebound at that point. Some weird decisions from Monty Williams. And if that was Mike Budenholzer, the takes would be flying Mm -hmm. right now. Want to give you the Dwayne report real quick uh, from (laughs) last night, Lee. been a busy weekend over here 9 p.m tip Dwayne started the game in bed 
Started the game in bed, but then he heard uh, who had a was it Drew Holiday hit the first bucket of the game? I think in this yeah. one. No, the he came out. I was like, oh, oh, I gotta watch some of this one. The Bucks. Heard it was at two. Yeah, the Bucks yeah, won yeah. the tip yeah. again, Lee. By the way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. But the, but the Suns scored first. Okay. And the Bucks won. So yeah. I'm. I'm no, no. Bucks scored first. Eleven forty three. I'm looking at Drew. This guy. Buried it. This guy. Come on. Well, anyway, keep going. Dwayne wakes up. He's like, I gotta see part of it. But then obviously. Things did not go well for Milwaukee in the first quarter, so he went upstairs, said goodnight to Laura, said goodnight to Jana, came back down, shocked the game was closed, got back into bed. He's like, things are going better when I'm not <laughs> oh watching God. it. But I hear him the rest of at least the first half. Sounds like things are going pretty good out there. <laughs> so wait. He's lying in bed listening to the TV that you're watching the game in the other room and he's like Pretty still much. reacting to it. Oh my God. Pretty much. He's loving the way it's going. Uh, wow. Eventually fell asleep. Uh, I'm out on the porch having coffee this morning. <laughs> dun, 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 dun. Knock on the sliding door. Thumbs up. Thumbs no. down. I hit him with the thumbs up and his, draw, his jaw. <gasps> what? He tells me. I was thinking about Googling who won the game last night, but then I figured I'd just ask. So I told them, Bucks pulled it out, and now they're thinking of extending their stay until uh, Tuesday's game six. Oh, he doesn't, he doesn't want to rock the boat then, does Exactly. He? But, Things yeah. are going well since they've been here. Wow. Yeah, it's a good point. They're winning yeah. a lot of games since they yeah, uh, made no the trip doubt. down from uh, from the Midwest. Okay. <laughs> the Dwayne report. Yeah, yeah he's this, I around. like this. I like this. We might have to get him on the show for crying yeah, out loud. Yeah. I, I want to know if uh, if there's any way the Bucks can sort of overtake the Packers as his team because uh, the Packers haven't won it for a while. And, you know, there's a bit of chaos, I believe, uh, around the Packers right now, <laughs> isn't right. there? Aaron Rodgers. Yeah. yeah. So maybe uh, maybe he'll, he'll change the... Uh, Instead of go Packers, to go Bucks. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He used to do a, he used to do four arm rubs uh, yeah, yeah. for Brett Favre. Now he's going to have to go 34 for Giannis if they pull yeah. this one off. <laughs> That's hilarious. That's like, well, good. Also good news, Trey, that you're sitting out on your French front porch enjoying the front porch coffee from the get-go. Amazing stuff. You, oh, that, you know that when, means when you bought your house, somebody asks you, "Can you imagine?" Or you say, "I can imagine myself having a coffee here," and you're actually following through on that. Respect. <laughs> Dreams become reality. Exactly yeah. right. Uh, I, hey, Skeetsy, hey, sorry, Tyson. That's okay. How, how's that WhatsApp chat going? Where everyone was upset at the Bucks in six calls. Like, right? I mean, <laughs> been awfully quiet. I got to be yeah. honest. They haven't yeah. said a thing. It's a great point, Lee. I didn't even think of that. Uh, yeah, they were upset with the Bucks in six call. After winning uh, game three, right? After winning one game. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> uh, but they might be right. And Tassie was, uh, you know, Tassie sort of dug your heels, your heels in too with uh, this thing not being over after the first two games. Well, I, I think we all were saying that. I was wishy-washy. I, I, I was wishy-washy. I mean, I, the Suns looked so good in those first two games. Mm-hmm. I know Yanis comes on late, but no, I thought, I thought the Suns had this after two games. For well, sure. I sure didn't see Milwaukee winning three straight here. Uh, <laughs> this has been really impressive. And, like, again, it's like Middleton is their closer. <laughs> like, he, yeah. like, he caps these games because you can't – that's not Giannis. And I, it seems like he's completely fine with that. You know, he's going to get – don't worry. I'm going to get you 30 to 40 and basically 10 to 15 rebounds, and I'm going to still set up guys, and I've become better at that. But I can't be really given the ball in a close game – and, and, and operate, go to work, go get a bucket, go hit a jumper, step back. It's just not him, of course. 
But they got Middleton, and he's been doing it over the last little bit. And, of course, Drew was awesome, too. Uh, don't get me wrong, especially throwing the oop. But, uh, yeah, I, I don't know what to expect on Tuesday night. I still think it could go sevenly. I mean, I, I really do because they're, you know, who's to say the Middleton Ferris wheel doesn't hit the bottom mm-hmm. or it's down there yeah. and he has a stinker. I mean, he could. Uh, and, and same for Drew. There's, it's not that far-fetched to see this one still go in seven. Of course uh, not. On Thursday night, yeah. Of course not. And, and, and the Bucks have to close it out. And this is a, you know, a tough thing. Giannis was asked about it after the game and he was trying to just not get too far ahead of himself. I, I can't remember who asked him about, you know, what's it going to be like, you know, in front of your fans. And he's like, well, let's just take it step by step to get there first. You know, we've got to rest and recover. And he wanted to eat burgers and French fries after the game because he was hungry. He also said he was dehydrated as well during the game. You got to uh, leave the I podium because he was yeah. cramping like crazy well, after the game. So I, <laughs> he had I to leave and then come back. May- Maybe he Sir Fostered before the game because he didn't want to do it uh, during the Sir game. Sir Fostering, for people that don't know, is taking a piss. <laughs> yes. Taking a tinkle. Then, he likes to yeah, say it so, politely. Uh, well, right before performing. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. So maybe he was worried. <laughs> not, not just any time. Maybe he was worried that, you know, if he drunk during the game, he would have to leave the game at some point. So he didn't drink. And that's why mm. he's getting dehydrated. So he can't win right now. He's either, you know, has to come out early to have a pee. Or he's dehydrated throughout the game, so I'm not sure how he figures that out. But uh, play with uh, a catheter. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, Dwayne would have some advice for him for that. Too. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and Trey, what do you think of? Uh, again, we'll do the deep dive on Tuesday's morning show, but uh, of a, a potential game seven, or is Milwaukee is this destiny here that they're going to, uh, after a couple of years losing four in a row to the Raps and the, and the Toronto going on to win the title, that they're going to do the exact same thing here and do it again for the second time this postseason because it already happened in the Brooklyn Nets series. That's a good call. Uh, first and foremost, uh, seen this question a few times. Will Brandon Jennings be <laughs> at serve in game six? Ooh, they should. To Swish Rivera. Uh, my sources tell me that's the plan, is that he actually does plan on being there. Oh, an my God. An actual source told me this, Skeet. Oh, wow. wow. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was an Instagram source. The most reliable of sources. Oh, nice. <laughs> Are we going to game seven, baby? I would guess yes. I think we're going to get the best performance we've seen thus far from... Uh, the Suns, and I think that a lot of the reason we've seen uh, Phoenix struggling in these last three games is that their bench really has really been pretty bad. Uh, the second unit has blown the lead almost every single time, and they just haven't been nearly as good as the Bucks' tiny second unit and the blended things that they're throwing out there. And I don't think that's going to be a problem as much for Phoenix in Game 6. You're going out playing your guys as many minutes as they can possibly handle, right? Like Chris Paul, Devin Booker, they should be playing 45 plus, maybe 48, depending on how things go. Um, so if that's the case, I think the starters can play the starters a lot closer. Right. Um, in which case, sure, uh, we're going to go back to Phoenix for game seven, and then we're going to have another classic. But it's, wow. it's, it's strange, though. Definitely play your guys as much as possible. And Middleton, yeah, 42 might jump up. But the last three games for Chris Paul, they're like – teetering in like the 33 34 35 yeah. minute marks it's it's strange well, he sits for he's an so older long. guy <laughs> he's, yeah but i know the season's uh down to the final couple of games yeah, here so you just days uh, throw it lots all out of days there. off but tass i'm with you i do not think it's going to be that far-fetched that as soon as this series does end be it in six or seven on thursday night i think we could get the my hand's been broken from chris paul here or something along those lines i don't think it's that far-fetched that we get something like that yeah. Did he get hit on the hand or something? Yeah, well, last series. He, he came out yeah. of last series with, apparently it was, I don't know if it was broken or something, but yeah, there was a report that there was something going on with his left hand. 
yeah. at the end of the series. He that's had 41 right. to close out the series, though. Yeah, and then yeah. he had an awesome game one. So that's your, your yeah. in this series. So you're, it's right. weird, but it's, yeah. it, he's, he's looking up at in it. the Chris Paul I think he's just playing bad to me. <laughs> he just looks like he's not playing bad, and the, the intensity of Drew Holiday's defense is throwing him off cool. and getting picked up the entire time. And then when it's Jeff Teague out there, Jeff Teague is just running into him. Like, Jeff Teague is put out there, just run into Chris Paul as yeah. much as you possibly can. Yeah, and Monty just isn't feeling Chris Paul for heavy minutes. I mean, he's sitting for that second quarter for so long, and maybe it's because he's old. <laughs> but, I mean, you have so many days off. Uh, I, I think, yeah, Monty's not trusting him. And on the other side, Coach Bud, got to give him a little credit, didn't trust Jeff Teague in that second half after his first half minutes, didn't play him uh, mm-hmm. a second in that second half. You know, he was going to some, you know, the crazy big lineups and stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, yeah, I think Coach Bud is uh, somehow the buttons he's pushing, they're all they're, they're, they're all working together right now. But, uh, yeah, obviously this is a close series, and Game 6 could, could be a different story. I uh, I am going to make a change for Game 6 because going back to that WhatsApp chat for a second, sure. I was watching the fourth quarter pretty close to my bed. Uh, I was on my phone, on my mobile phone, actually uh, in my closet, <laughs> watching on, on the Game Time app in my closet after I showered because Danielle asked me, Hey, can you uh, can you shower like before the game is over, maybe at half or something, so you can just slip into bed, uh, so I don't go go up and shower post game uh, and wake make her too up. Too much noise, yeah, yeah. Because you're a pre you're a pre pre bed shower guy, right? Most, sometimes, sometimes, sometimes. Weekends, yeah, because I don't get a workout in, just get sweaty, and then uh, and then I I don't shower till the end of the day. So gotcha. I, I I flew in there, end of the uh, third quarter, and I had the game time app. Going in the in the shower, no problem. Watching the game in the shower, okay. I had a good time. But then I just sat there sitting on my butt in the closet for the fourth quarter, and then the WhatsApp messages coming through, just blocking the entire screen. Oh, basically, yeah, I had to a, flick. Yeah. Get out of here, Dave Grisham. Get out of here, yeah. Ken Angeles. I'm trying yeah. to watch a game here. Uh, but uh, people were people were pumped. Obviously, seeing. Uh, uh, you know what the Bucks were doing, uh, and then the free throws and. I can't, oh. Like that I would mean, be look, the conversation. Oh, I know exactly. Like the Suns have a chance to win this game. I mean, it's a in the balls in Booker's hands. He's got another forty going. They've somehow come back. They were down like ten late. They're in it, and you know, amazing play. Like I think he went a little too far in there. Giannis cut him off. Tucker obviously was there, and then Drew just perfectly timing it. <laughs> he turns around and suddenly Drew Holiday is just picking his pocket. And also, like, the picking of the pocket there, the steal, it just, like, it perfectly went up in the air to yeah. Drew Holiday. Like, that thing could have gone anywhere, right? Yeah. But it just goes, like, perfectly right in stride for Drew Holiday to go the other way. Anyway, awesome play. But, yeah, let's say Booker hits the fadeaway, hits the shot. They win this game. They're, you know, they're up. They look like they're going to win the title. And we're talking about... Uh, these crazy lineups from Bud. We're talking about Giannis can't come through at the free throw line. Well, I mean, he was four of 11, right? Uh, yeah, he missed his last three. Yeah, yeah. Which... We're talking about like, oh, they could have closed the door and they did yeah. it. It's just amazing. Just one possession really just changes like a million narratives in the blink of an eye, including with the WhatsApp chats. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Everyone uh, suddenly changing their tune. God, but... uh, Grish, I mean, last night after the first quarter, I mean, was he like, all right, you know, it's over. I mean, no, I'm they, telling it, you, I'm telling you, he's learning. He's learning after watching basketball for 20 years that a 15, 16 point lead in the first quarter means dick shit in this game. It doesn't. Yeah. Uh, so no, because I watched the game. Yeah. I watched the first half with him. 
I actually got screwed by Atlanta traffic last night. I missed. Uh, I had to rewatch a bunch of the start of the third quarter. Thought I could get home from Midtown to my house in 15 minutes. Uh, you know, people are back. They're out on the streets oh, yeah, of Atlanta oh, yeah, again. Oh, yeah. And uh, if you've ever been in Atlanta, nothing moves quickly here. And there's about a million car crashes because people can't drive. So, uh, yeah, it was, uh, I should have had it up on my phone task, though. I, don't, I can't encourage that no, watching the game while you're so. driving. So I uh, couldn't find it on the radio. <laughs> yeah, I, know. I don't have serious, so yeah. Yeah, I, yeah. I think there is the uh, on the NBA app, but uh, before that, oh, yeah, I could I never that. ever find. Uh, I could never <laughs> find it on the radio, which I hated. Because <laughs> sometimes, you know, for like earlier in the playoffs, if you're driving, I will just put it on the radio because I love listening to sport sure. on the radio. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, it's it's awesome. Yeah, but uh, I I found it very hard to find. Otherwise, I mean, I'm streaming it through the app when I'm listening to it uh, on the radio, so. You think we should have a designated uh, AM or FM channel just for basketball games? AM radio. AM. <laughs> AM radio is the sport radio channel. Yes, we don't yeah. need FM. Yeah. So yeah, what yeah. what what uh, call letter or number do you want? Uh, for AM? 90, 939. That's FM. Oh, that, that's an that's FM, FM band. man. But okay. <laughs> yeah. That's right. All right. All right. All right. Seven seven four. Yeah, that's seven, not seven, one. That's a round number. Zero, mate. Oh, okay. I'm just, I'm just trying to. There's a number in Australia: seven seven four three zero. The sound of summer. The sound of cricket. That's who I used to listen to. So, yeah. Okay. Uh, ESPN yeah. one thousand is uh, the Chicago one. No uh, Grish did start getting into uh, how many guy, how many teams have had three thirty point scores in an yeah, NBA yeah. Finals game. He starts going that way, and then he starts. Yeah, was going in. And then, and then he go, and then he starts. They had one thirty point scorer last night. Yeah. Easy, buddy. <laughs> He got close. He got close. He was disappointed. Was Let him get two. Let him get two before you start asking about three. I think half of the uh, the fourth quarter WhatsApp messages were like, whoa, he's got 27. We're going to get there. It's going to be 334. And then he starts talking about finals MVPs, youngest finals MVPs. And I, and I wanted to confirm this. He asked, you know, who is the youngest finals MVP besides Magic doing it? Uh, you know, with no Kareem in, in the lineup. Right. When Kareem was injured, who is the second youngest guy in Trey? Trey got it right, although there's there's three. Go okay. ahead. I actually don't remember seeing uh, this, but um, was it Kawhi? Kawhi is, yeah, second. He's and, really okay. close to another former Spur. Yeah, Tony Parker, I'm guessing. Oh. No. No? Oh, Duncan. Duncan, yeah. Ah, uh, nice. Duncan, Duncan then Magic again would be the fourth youngest. And then, oh, well, yeah. And then Kareem yeah. with the Bucks. Then Tony. Then Dwayne Wade. And Dennis Johnson. Mm-hmm. Oh, so there's a so there's a lot. I mean, Giannis is gonna. Okay, well, actually, let's Giannis do it here, uh, before we wrap yeah. it up. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, where? Uh, oh, he was saying if book he's saying if Booker and the Suns. Yeah, is that what he was yeah, saying? yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. See, he was feeling that's that's Grish getting excited. We got a 14 point lead, 16 point lead. It's over. Well, I'll tell you what. Yeah, you you guys saw Giannis's uh, incredible quote heading into game five where you're talking about the past and the future and trying to live in the moment be present yeah, that's a that's the opposite opposite of my buddy grish uh, yeah. he is definitely wanting to talk about the future and the big narratives and what this all means just just tough for him to live right there in that second of that game but tk as we wrap up our game five talk here finals mvp power rankings after five where does it stand at least top three well, for the first time ever in the finals this year, Skeets, I actually made a written list okay. so I could have it written down forever. Here it is. There's only one name on it. Whoa. The power rankings are Giannis. He mm. is the clear-cut finals MVP after five games. 
If you want to make a power rankings list, you yep. would add Chris Middleton at number two. Okay. I don't think you're putting a third person on the list. I didn't want a second person on the list. But if you had to, I think you're going with Drew Holiday. His Whoa. defense on Chris Paul has changed the series a little bit. And Chris Paul was leading on the list early on uh, after the first two games. So turning him off and getting the game going offensively, I think elevates uh, Drew Holiday to number three. Though I was I was thinking about throwing a bone to Pat Connaughton as a, you know, like the Danny Green sort of uh, finals MVP vote there, leading the finals in three-pointers made. And he's been a difference maker almost yeah. every time he's been on the court uh, starting in game three. Yeah, not only just threes. It feels like he comes up with a crazy tip uh, out or a big rebound yeah, every yeah. time the Bucks need it. He's, yeah. He has been fantastic for them. Yeah, so back to radio for a second. Who's Hubie Brown given the, mm. the finals MVP to? Like, could Middleton get it from, from Hubie? I think it's possible. Uh, yeah, yeah. Maybe uh, Drew. <laughs> yeah, Drew, you know, he does love those hustle defense plays sure as does. well. And, and I, I, I think Drew is leading Middleton in that category because he had that early one in the game where he stole it. Uh, from Booker. It was off Booker, yeah. Yeah, I mean, it he, was. Then he just pulled up and hit a three in his face. Yeah. I mean, so, yeah, I think, uh, I think Drew's probably got the Hubie vote, I, okay. I would say. Uh, <laughs> okay. Hard to see really who else we got. I mean, Brooke Lopez just hasn't had any moments, you know. Um, no. Nah. It's the honest winning it. I think, yeah. I think TK's list is right. I think Booker's maybe there if the Suns obviously uh, yeah. win this in seven. I think you have a hell of a case to, uh, to yeah. win the thing. But we will see. All right. We will, again, do a deep dive on Tuesday's show. Let's take our first break, and then we got some juicy news to discuss. I got to get something off my chest. Nothing drives me crazier than sending a message to a group chat and getting no response. That's why I'm a big emoji responder. Love a hang loose hand or a salute. But man, it hurts when you send a message and get nothing back. Ouch. We all carry around different stressors, big and small. When we keep them bottled up, it can start to affect us negatively. Therapy is a safe space to get things off your chest and to figure out how to work through whatever's weighing you down. Therapy isn't just for those who've experienced major trauma. It's helpful for learning positive coping skills and how to set boundaries. It empowers you to be the best version of yourself. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. Learn to make time for what makes you happy with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash NoDunks today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp.com slash NoDunks. This episode of NoDunks is brought to you by BetterHelp. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. All right, back with No Dunks here. Shout out to everybody joining us live right now on the stream team here on YouTube, doing big numbers here on a Sunday morning. So if you haven't already, subscribe to No Dunks on YouTube and smash that like button. Got some juicy, I'll call it NBA news here. Damian Lillard says reports that he has requested a trade are not true, but, 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 but 
He went on to say that he didn't think the Trailblazers are currently title contenders. Quote, this is Dame, if you look at our team as it is, I don't think you can say this is a championship team with a new coach. End quote. That's Lillard. Lily, you go first. Uh, what do you make of this? Um, you know, True Hoop was saying Damian Lillard's going to request a trade. Now, Dame shot that down, but man, took some shots, I think, at Neil O'Shea and the Blazers. Absolutely. And I don't think Damian Lillard really shot this down completely. I think he <laughs> fired a couple of bullets up in the air and was just like, that's good enough because. <laughs> Hold on, so he just shot the gun in the air and now these bullets are going to fall? Yeah, he basically, he, did, he, sh- he shot a water pistol at, the, at, the, uh, at this report, really, because he said, right now, I'm not sure what I'm going to, do, to, going to do. That, to me, is not someone saying it's not true. And this is coming by uh, Henry Abbott as well, his True Hoop website, a, a very uh, you know, reputable name in the business. So mm-hmm. for him to go out there and say that Lillard will ask for a trade in the near future, hedging a little bit, of course, on the time there, I don't think he would put that out there if he didn't have very good information saying that this is what Lillard is starting to think about. And and again, in that article written by Brian Windhorst there, there's so many more little nuggets of information coming from Lillard that it's like, I might be actually asking for a trade. I think not only is the team perhaps not really a contender in Portland, but all this stuff that's come out recently with how Neil O'Shea... uh, went with a, a private investigator to talk to find out about the Chauncey Billups incident from back in 1997. That looks terrible now on O'Shea. I'm not going to go into the details right now, but if you're a basketball fan, I'm sure you've read about it, that the uh, private investigator was very, very uh, questionable with his uh, social media use. And I think these sorts of things uh, for Lillard are all sort of coming together where he's like, I'm not sure I want to be a part of this organization because A, I don't think we're going to be a championship contender mm-hmm. and B, I'm not sure, you know, this has been handled the right way was how, with how they've uh, hired Chauncey Billups. So I think there is definitely some smoke there and mm-hmm. uh, I'm very interested to see how the next month plays out, although Lillard will be in Tokyo for most of that for the Olympics. So uh, this is, uh, I, I, I'll be... I would say Lillard being in a Blazers uniform next season, about 70-30 at this stage. That's my guess. Wow. Wow. Um, Wait, which which is the 70? 70 is Portland. Yes. Okay. Okay. Yeah, yeah, Trey, what'd you make of this? It just seems to me like Damian Lillard is in a tough spot right now because we saw the way that the end of this season went down. They lost to the Nuggets, missing their second-best player. Meanwhile, the Blazers were almost the healthiest they had been the entire season. Like a... Terrible way to end the season. The offseason doesn't seem to have gone much better for Portland. And if Dame hadn't been the guy who was most adamant about staying in one place and being committed to the grind and trying to win a title for a small market team, nobody would blame him for wanting out because that's kind of what it kind of how things work in the NBA right now, right? Like you play for your team for a long time, and if you're not able to actually be a championship contender, Eventually, you're going to look for somewhere where you can. Um, but if you've kind of made your reputation on saying, I'm not leaving, it's tough yeah. to ask to leave. So right now, he's putting pressure on Neil O'Shea or maybe the Blazers' ownership to say, Neil O'Shea, you're out of here. And maybe yeah. he's just saying uh, to Neil O'Shea, if you're the guy, I don't know how likely that is. We need to try something new because running C.J. McCollum and Yusuf Nurkic as the number two and three, that ain't going to cut it in the Western Conference again uh, next season. So I'm sure we're going to keep hearing from Lillard. He's going to the Olympics where he's going to be a major part of Team USA. He's going to be asked about this all the time until something has happened, uh, even if what he wants to be doing is talking about playing Olympic basketball. Yeah, to me, Tass, 
I think Lillard was making it pretty clear yesterday, or a couple days ago, whatever it was. You either take a big swing right now, and like we we take a different direction with this roster. So whatever that means, you know, trading McCollum, trading Nurkic, or you know, you're gonna have to start looking at trading me. It's gotta be one or the other. Like we're doing some things differently here now. That's how I'm reading into what he had to say. Obviously, all the reports coming from True Hoop and others. Um, but what about you? Yeah, I'm with you. I think he's spent a decade there, and yes, exactly what Trey said. If it wasn't for him saying, I want to be here, 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 we probably wouldn't be uh, you know, all riled up about it. And uh, you know, he took some of the indirect heat from Chauncey Billups for saying he liked Chauncey Billups, um, and uh, I think that's sort of worn on him. You know, you know, the people have tried to, you know, tried to get him out of there, tried to to, 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 you know, make Dame a part of the Chauncey Billups story when he just said he liked Chauncey Billups. I think that's bothered him. And, and you know, the bigger thing is that uh, they haven't won. Uh, so he's 31. Um, you know, they need, they need to make a move. That, that's, that's really what it comes down to. I, I doubt Chauncey Billups is turning this team around from a 29th-ranked defense to a, a middle-of-the-pack type defense with the same Personnel. There's personnel problems, and if Olshay doesn't change that, then Dame take that 70 and, and make that you know more more like 40 60 40 Portland 60 God. If, if they gotta they gotta make a big move. They have to. Yeah, he is not okay with the status quo. There's no doubt about that, Lillard. But he also said he expects to be in a Blazers uniform next season. He wants to finish his career in Portland. He said all this, and of course he's acknowledging his chance mm-hmm. to or his, his desire, I guess, to win a championship. Um, but it ultimately is going to come down to, is it, which one is he going to desire more? Is it just to stay in Portland or is it to win a championship? He wants it to happen there, but if he has no trust in the GM and the direction of the team, then to me, Lee, he's saying, well, then eventually I'm going to have to do what I want to do to win a title. And if you can't do it here and you can't put the pieces around me that I think to help our chances to get there, be it a coach and the players, then, then, then peace out. But for right now, I'm just telling you pressure's on, get your shit together and make a move. Like, this will not be the same Blazers team. <laughs> Whether it's Dame is there, and that's a whole other question. Like, should they right now, like, cash in on Dame? That's fascinating. Like, do you just like, okay, we don't love our, our chances to get a second or third star here with the pieces we have to put with Dame, so do we just take a completely different direction? But anyway, he is saying we got to do something, and this is going to be a different team, I think, at the start of next year. I think Dame will be there. But there's going to be some drastic changes. Yeah, and you know, Lillard has is look. He's gotten into it a bit with Paul George in the past on social media and said, you know, you're always out there chasing, uh, you know, off the grind and all that. And Lillard, I think, is very careful to make sure that he's not seen to be ring chasing himself. You know, I think that's just part of who he is. He doesn't want to be that guy. But you don't also want to be too stubborn and too loyal for your own good. If it ain't happening in Portland, Lillard can go somewhere else, and I don't think anyone would realistically hold it against him because he's given so much to Portland. He's brought them, you know, as, as far as he can bring them. So if there's an opportunity for him to go somewhere else and play with some better talent and win that championship, I think he should do whatever he can to, to get there because uh, otherwise, you know, Kevin Garnett talked about it. He spent too long in Minnesota, you know, and, and that loyalty that we always talk about, teams will trade you when they think you're past your best and they can get better return for you. Yeah. And I think if you're Lillard, you should be starting to think that same way yourself. It's like, okay, you know, I, I can't do any more here. I, they haven't got much wiggle room either, like with no. their salary cap. That's the problem because Lillard earns so much and McCollum's earning a ton. 
and I think it's Nurkic has still got a year, I believe, on his deal. So they, they, it's not like a free agent is sort of just there that they can go and grab. It's not a great free agent class anyway. So the only way it's really going to come is if they trade CJ for some incredible haul in return. Other than that, that this Blazers team is probably going to look very similar next season. And, and if it is, then they're not a legit title contender. Would You wouldn't hold it against Lillard at all if he came out tomorrow and says, trade me? Like, I want out of here? Like, no, I wouldn't. No, I wouldn't. I, it's the same with the Kevin Durant. Well, you Durant just told situation. me for like 10 years how you don't want to be traded and you can bring a title there yeah, and you're I, the guy to do it. And yeah, then, but, so, what, you but, just had a change of heart? You're allowed <laughs> to change you your mind. lost again in the first round because you weren't that good either? I'm just look, saying. If, look, if, yeah, look, look, if Damian Lillard did something like Vince did to get out of Toronto where he basically just quit on the team, yeah. then it's a different story. But Lillard... Yeah. Lillard has gone out there and fought and scrapped and done everything he can. Right. And he's been there, what, uh, 10 years has he been in the league now? I think yeah. it was 2011. Yeah, he's finished nine years. This will be his 10th. Like, I think Lillard has given absolutely everything. Now, you know, he also took that massive contract they offered him. So he was understanding that, like, okay, he got his money and, and he's got, I think, three years left on that deal. So Can you win a, a title with Lillard as your best player at this point of his career? I think he can, yeah, but uh, okay. he, he needs... Uh, again, CJ is his second best player, and then it's a big drop-off after that. That's the problem. Uh, but, you know, I, I just don't... I wouldn't be like... I know Blazers fans would be furious. He'd be burning his jerseys if he said, trade me, <coughs> because that's the normal reaction from mm-hmm. the team fan base. But when Kevin Durant left OKC, I know it was different because he was a free agent, and he joined, you know, the best team ever in terms of regular season success. Uh, like it's like, but he gave so much to your franchise. It's fine for him to move on because, again, if if an offer came along, let's say hypothetically the Bucks said, "We want Lillard, we'll give you Giannis." You know, the Blazers would get rid of Lillard in two seconds. So, yeah. yeah. So it, it, the point I'm trying to make that obviously wouldn't happen. But the point I'm trying to make is the team would move on if they felt they were getting better in return. So mm-hmm. I, I wouldn't be, I wouldn't hold it against Lillard for being like, "All right, let's see what's out there for me." And Lillard's at about that point of his career right now where, you know, he's probably not going to get any better. This is his absolute maximum that you could get in terms of a uh, a, a trade haul back too. Mm-hmm. So if he goes if he goes to the front office and says, "All right, you trade me and let's see what massive return you can get for me," I'll be happy with that. Um, you know, then I, I would be fine with it. But you know, I know fans are crazy. They'll be like, "Fuck you, Lee." Lillard's a blazer for life but I'm like yeah but he doesn't have to be right right right, right. no it's a, it's a, it's fascinating and we're gonna this ain't gonna go away for sure yeah uh, until moves are made and then we see it on the floor and and if they can get back I guess to the Western Conference Finals I mean they've lost in the first round TK what four out of the last five seasons and the other so, one was a conference finals appearance right yeah yeah, yeah right very right. weird exactly um, it's just <sighs> Yeah, on one hand, you're like, my God, if you traded Damian Lillard for whatever you got back, bunch of picks, maybe some young guys, you're like, well, you're going to be worse. But then you can sort of say, well, yeah, but can we really be much worse? Because, like, could we still be a playoff team and still lose in the first round? <laughs> maybe. Then, of course, depends on who was coming back and what you I mean, it depends left. on who was coming yeah. back. My yeah. guess is if you trade Lillard, that's not the only move. It's probably right. a complete rebuild if Lillard is on the move. So the Blazers surely would rather catch, uh, would rather keep him, which is why the names you're going to be hearing until it happens is CJ McCollum for Ben Simmons. Like yeah. These are the two yeah. guys who seem to be <laughs> in the crosshairs for both of their franchises right now. Obviously, McCollum and, L- and Simmons both have big contracts, so they can bring a big contract back. 
Is that enough for Damian Lillard? Ben Simmons? I mean, Lillard then would not have to handle the ball quite as much. I don't think he's a massive off-ball threat. I think that's somewhere where Damian Lillard can improve. You know, he gets compared to Steph Curry all the time. Nobody is Steph Curry away from the ball. And that's uh, somewhere where certainly Lillard could step his game up. The defense would be better uh, with Ben Simmons there instead of... Uh, C.J. McCollum, you would actually have somebody who could occasionally guard uh, one of the myriad good guards who are in the Western Conference, which would probably help. But then you're also taking on the Ben Simmons problems that, and everything yeah. that will come with that eventually in the playoffs. I don't know. Um, just a couple of comments here. Lee, uh, Rude Dog says, <laughs> F you, Lee. Lillard is a Blazer fan for life. We got Josh saying, uh, F you, Lee. Lillard is a Blazer for life. Uh, this guy uh, says, uh, F, uh, dot, 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 you, Lee. Lollard's a Blazer for life. Uh, wow. Uh, you got both our names wrong in that one. <laughs> Lollard. <laughs> Lee Lollards. Uh, anyway, yeah, we'll be talking about this, I'm sure, some more here uh, in the uh, upcoming months. Uh, well, Lillard's on Team USA. He's still there for now. They're still going to be going to the Olympics, but got some changes. This is our final piece of news. Uh, Nuggets center JaVale McGee and Spurs forward Keldon Johnson have taken the open spots on Team USA's 12-man roster for the Tokyo Olympics. The two replaced Kevin Love, who withdrew because he wasn't at his, quote, absolute peak performance. Those are his words, not mine. And Bradley Beal, who was forced to drop out of the Olympics after entering the health and safety protocol earlier this week. So JaVale McGee... And Keldon Johnson, who I saw people that I thought were pretty diehardish basketball fans asking who on Twitter. That <laughs> my surprise a little bit. But uh, yeah, Trey, uh, you are our American uh, here. Uh, what, what, do, what do you think of the, these additions to your, to your squad? Team USA? More like Team Who? Essay? I've never been the blinky guy harder than when I saw JaVale McGee was added to the Team USA roster. In 2020, right. um, you know, he protects, yeah, 2021, yeah, whatever, you know, it's still the 2020 Olympics as far as I'm concerned. Uh, if you're looking at him as a player type, he protects the rim, he doesn't need the ball, he's got international experience. I personally once saw him win an inter-squad scrimmage between Team USA's with a sudden death tip-in during overtime because they didn't want to play a full overtime. That's good stuff. But he's played 600 minutes this year total. That's very strange to me that JaVale McGee would be the guy that they call in, especially after Greg Popovich said they wanted somebody who was in shape. 600 minutes of NBA basketball and not much in the playoffs. Strange. And then, yeah, Keldon Johnson, if you look at him as a player type, a role player, he defends, he rebounds, he had a big beef this year, he attacks the hoop. And another big part of this is that he already has had a solid camp for Team USA. And of course, he's in shape, which was not a problem for JaVale McGee, nonetheless. Excellent stuff. But this feels like the biggest homer pick since Greg Popovich's last homer pick when he yeah. took Derek White over De'Aaron Fox in 2019. Meanwhile, Trey Young is basically out here tweeting, I'm not sure why they didn't pick me. I would be fine with like literally either one of these guys, Keldon Johnson or JaVale McGee. And then Trey Young. Right. But right now, with the team here, it's like major what are we running here vibes from Team USA. So I'm going to be operating at a nine on the worried scale oh. until the end of the Olympics. Uh, this, I don't know. This team, I'm, I'm, I'm just not getting good vibes from this team. Something weird is going to happen. I don't know if that means a bronze or what. Uh, Tass, what do you think? 
I mean, there's a, there's a seriously a weird level. I, I'm not in the worried 9 out of 10. I'm more of the, the strange 9 out of 10 situation because guys are dropping off like crazy. But when it comes to the fit of these guys, I think it's totally fine. I, I think Kelda Johnson at least is practicing there. They didn't just pick him off. You know, the, the scrappy, they didn't go to San Antonio to his house, knock, knock, knock. Hey, can you come out here? He's been called up uh, from, you know, from the from the second team to play with these guys. And he's a guy who will get the ball and beeline it for the hoop. Straight line drive. He's a, he's the Corey Maggetti of this team. He, he's not going to be asked to, to do anything but drive to the hoop, take it hard to the hole, mm-hmm. and go board. Uh, yeah, he's, he's, a, he's a, a guy who can help out the centers if he does play uh, with the rebounding. He he's rebounds way bigger than his size, and that's that. I mean, he's not going to be asked to do anymore, and you kind of just want – that's what we've been asking for, a ball mover, let the other guys score, let the other guys do their thing. The JaVale McGee thing, you know, in a uh, – if you look at it and you say, Jarrell McGee, sure, then maybe, just maybe, because he doesn't play all season long, he is a guy who knows how to stay in shape when he's not playing, and maybe he is in shape. Maybe they know that, uh, and, and I would assume that they know that before uh, giving him the call-up. He's going to be the third center. Uh, he is going to be the guy that um, yeah, comes in, mops up, doesn't do anything, but uh, yeah, plays some D and moves on. So it's really it's on the other guys to me to, to be great, uh, but it is – you know, it's a couple of role players that they've added, and, and, and as long as they stay in those roles of role players, then I think it will be it'll be fine. And then you know, the the weird part, getting back to that, is that there's still guys to come from the finals. There's still three yeah. dudes to come from the finals when the games start in a week, uh, with them Booker Middleton and Drew Holiday, and obviously they'll be in game shape. But how will they gel with the other guys? Uh, that's that's the real question. Lee, anything to add? You must be feeling good about your Boomers' chances here to medal. And what about the Opals also getting a victory oh, against the... Opals the, got a uh, nice victory over yes, Team USA, the women's team, yeah, right? Yeah, we might sweep uh, the basketball medals actually in Tokyo now. We might get uh, gold in both. So, no, look, JaVale, look, he was out of the league, I don't know, five years ago, completely out, and the Warriors picked him up, and he actually rehabilitated his reputation in Golden State, picking up a couple of those championships by sort of growing up, maturing, and, and uh, understanding a role. Uh, and he did the same thing with the Lakers. He played well. So he's a, you know, he's certainly not the player he was when he was a, you know, a bit of a clown in his early days, but just does sort of, you know, wreak a little bit of desperation that the mighty USA has to, you know, uh, pull in JaVale McGee to play for their basketball team. So uh, I don't get why Kevin Love was ever on this team sort of yeah. to begin with. What, yeah. what was going on? They literally were like, just like, let's see if you're in shape. Like, uh, let's see how you're feeling. Maybe yeah. he's injured. I mean, Maybe. he's injured. I, I guess know. when it comes down to it. Yeah. yeah. And when you say Javale McGee is going to play, I don't think he's really going to play. I think he's going to be there to to be a raw, raw guy and emergency break glass in case you know, like like he has been the last couple of years, really, probably. Yeah. Right. He's the third center. We'll see. Draymond Green and Bam are the other centers uh, on this team. There could be minutes there for JaVale McGee, for sure. There's a lot of big dudes we've talked about on oh, the yeah. national squads. There's some giant seven-foot guys, and JaVale is a big guy. Uh, so we'll see what he can give them. He's for now on this team. And, and again, <laughs> the Olympics start in, well, what? A Saturday. week at this yeah. point. Yeah. Yeah, is ben, it the ben Gulliver's already, Friday night? Ben Gulliver's already out there in Japan. He's ready ah, to go. Yeah. Okay, okay. Yeah. Gulliver on the scene. Are you getting get, uh, buying him some Lego while you're there? <laughs> uh, no, we've been exchanging a few messages, though. Yeah, so, uh, yeah, he's... Uh, 
look, he's looking around at my stories and thinking it's pretty cool. So maybe we'll come here together as a couple of dudes and just uh, have the Legoland experience. He's looking at your stories at Legoland going, that's pretty cool. You're looking at his stories. He's in Tokyo. You're going, that's pretty cool, man. Too bad you get to swap spots right now. Yeah, we could, yeah. (laughs) Then Ben Gulliver would suddenly have a family that he would have to take care of. Uh, All right. So, uh, yeah, we'll see with Team USA how they fare with the Olympics starting next week. Okay, still got Tweet of the Night. Got some fun, fun photos and videos to show you guys. But one more break to hear from our sponsor. It's NBA playoffs time, and that means NBA snack time. I can't stop eating while I'm watching. So many options in my house that I gotta cut out a bit. I gotta switch it up, but I know I'm not giving up. Sunflower seeds, sure. But maybe something that's not a food for that oral fixation, perhaps? Good thought. Here's a breath of fresh air. Fume. Fume takes your habit and simply makes it better, healthier, and more enjoyable. Fume is an innovative, award-winning flavored air device. Instead of vapor, Fume uses flavored air. Instead of electronics, Fume is completely natural. And instead of harmful chemicals, Fume uses delicious flavors. You get it. Instead of bad, Fume is good. It's a habit you're free to enjoy and makes replacing your bad habit easy. Its taste is surprising. All natural stuff. It's fun to fidget with, and it's a good weight. The wood feels good, and it feels cool to use. Start the good habit by going to tryfume.com slash dunks and getting the journey pack today. Fume is giving listeners to the show 10% off when they use our code dunks to help make starting the good habit that much easier. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Time for a tweet of the night. Mm, tweet of the night. Wow. Twitter. I actually have a bunch of tweets for you guys. A lot of them coming by way of at CJ Zero. We purposely avoided talking about the Phoenix Suns fans there at the start of this show because that who features prominently in our tweet of the night. Uh, Matt Ufford uh, retweeting with a funny caption, a CJ Zero video. It was 102 degrees in Phoenix today, but nothing was stopping the Duke of Scottsdale from wearing his velvet jacket tonight. Yes, that that Jack guy in that, I guess, purple maroon velvet jacket busting at the seams. Uh, Perfect measurements from Indochino on that one. I also saw somebody say that uh, this was Guy Fieri in the darkest timeline if he never won Food Network's (laughs) next biggest star. It's really good. So that was one good fan. We got more. Uh, Again, at CJ Zero. We've got the green one, dude. Yeah. Riding that wave. You like this one, Lee? Oh, yeah. I mean, that's that's great. He got that green wig and he's bringing the energy and emotion. That's If you're going to go green wig you may as well go like this so full credit for that guy 10 out of 10 okay uh but (laughs) probably the fan in phoenix that got the most attention during game five definitely the most camera time oh yeah was uh the money man this guy counting a hundred dollar bills i think tasks while Giannis was at the line uh they went back to him a a couple of times were were you a fan uh of this uh (laughs) of this strategy (laughs) This is this is America, baby. Uh, for for no reason, let's show this guy counting money. I yep. mean, it's it's hilarious when 
he hits the basket. That's the funniest when the the money man gets deflated. That's right. That's, right. That's, he should that's have to like best. give Giannis a hundred dollars or something. Yeah, like and that. it's just weird. Like you know, that's... he pulls out the same ten bills every single time. <laughs> yeah, and he exactly. counts the same bills. Exactly. It's his bit. He was leaning into yeah. it. Yeah. Yeah, but yeah. keep counting, man. Keep going. Like you still got the bills in the hand. He always gets to whatever ten or twelve, whatever the last number is, and then just hits you with a. I'm done. For us, I love the mix of uh, he's wearing the Lee Ellis Western Conference Championship yep. shirt. That was hilarious as well. But I love him taking it to the next level. Like, it's fun to do the counting during games one and two, but you got to go to the next level when you come back for game five. This is taking it to the next level. <laughs> <I> mean, <laughs> Too good. I, Too good. I mean, he could be smart. He, you know, like. Like people who want to show that they've got a lot of money, you put the hundreds on the outside and you make a, a big fat stack by putting the fives and the ones on yeah. the inside. Oh, like you, yeah. could, you could screw what with do you people. Think? What, do you, what do you think, Lee? I, I'm just consu- con- like confused as to how this bit ends with him. Like you're just keeping <laughs> the money yourself. Like you've either got to be betting with somebody, exchanging that money, even if it's a fix, you know, just have your friend there who's like, all right, I'll take that bet. And he's like, oh, all right, I lost. You take it if he misses. But if you're just counting money... You sound like a real money mellus right now. (laughs) I'm just like... I mean, you just... Like... Yeah. I mean, photo. That Western Conference t-shirt, by the way, for him. I mean, was that a freebie? But old money man's got the money out. So he's wearing the free shirt. (laughs) And then he's... I don't know. I I, I thought... That's how the rich stay rich, Lee. Saving on non-essentials. Get your shirts for free and stack cash. Yeah. I I just was confused. I thought, okay, this is something new. Where's it going? And then it just didn't go anywhere. And I'm like, oh, yeah. You didn't think this one through, I don't think. You just... you know. Well, maybe you didn't think he was going to get on camera. I don't know. But like all this sort of stuff is like... What though? What you didn't win, you didn't lose. You're you're in exactly the same spot whether or not Giannis made the free throw or missed. So what was at stake for you? Me? You're overthinking it right now, man. I'll tell you that. Uh, but Just go with it, a green week next time. Those were all good. I actually know. I actually have the true tweet of the night. I saw it this morning. I thought it was great. It was Giannis uh, uh, posing, looking at the camera, and the caption from at by David Gardner. When my wife asks me to open a jar and I get it on the first turn, and look at Giannis just staring into your soul, looking like a badass TK, because he got that jar of pickles open. <laughs> got that jar of pickles. I bet Giannis is actually very good at oh. opening things. Yeah. Um, though I don't know. I mean, is there a point of too much hand at some point? You know what I'm saying? Giannis, we know, has monster hands. What if he's trying to open a tiny jar of cornichon pickles yeah. or something like sure. that? Is his hand going to wrap around the whole thing? He can't get a grip? I'm unsure, but I would be willing to risk it with Giannis. Hey, man, can you open literally anything? Can you open this thing of garlic stuffed olives? Yeah, sure. Have one if you want. <laughs> All right. Yeah. Uh, I think the jars get... The jars, like, he just has fun with it. I mean, it's too easy for him. I think I think <laughs> he just puts, it. like, the heel. He's like, okay, you want me to open that? He just puts, like, the heel of his uh, palm, of his, palm yeah, of his hand like he's... Uh, I'm, I'm like a Bernard King when he came I mean, into the studio and he showed us how to spin on the desk. Like, he just does that. He's like, I don't, my hand's too easy to open this jar. Just I think pop he just it. like wraps one finger around <laughs> like that, like a pop, pops it like that. Um, anyway, great tweet there from, by David Garner. That was a, that was a cool look yeah. there. That, that was after the, 
Actually, what, what was that play? That was after that the was dunk. The dunk. That was after the yeah. dunk. Yeah, yeah that yeah, was, that yeah, was yeah. The, the, the oop there. Yeah. The valley oop uh, by the box. All right. Wow, we're running long here on a Sunday morning. I forgot it was Sunday for a second. Uh, guys, keep your questions coming. We're hitting the beach tomorrow. Yeah, Monday morning, 10 a.m. Eastern, live on YouTube. We'll flip it into a podcast as soon as humanly possible. Send in your questions, though. No dunks at theathletic.com. NBA questions, non-NBA questions, doesn't matter. We take them all. No dunks at theathletic.com. Grab your No Dunks merch over at nodunks.com and get yourself a subscription to The Athletic. If you haven't already, go to theathletic.com slash no dunks so they know that we sent you and get you a deal over there. Thanks to everybody who joined us here in the stream team on a Sunday morning. Again, there was a lot of you here today. Really appreciate it. Fun comments. We'll end with a little Clipper Bros. You heard it here first. Have a great time. Turn up. Love you guys. Awesome. Thanks for joining us. And remember, like, subscribe, thumbs up. Rock and roll. (laughs) Brace the day, people. You could stay.